door and they say there's a gathering that is remembering you and God asked them have they seen me and they say no and they say what God says what if they had seen me they say they will remember you more what do they seek they say they seek heaven your pleasure and he says has have they seen heaven and they respond no oh God and he says, what if they had seen heaven? They say that they would worship you more. And they seek refuge from your wrath. And he asked them, have they seen my wrath? And they say, no. Had they seen my wrath, what would they have done? They would seek repentance from you more. And so God asks the angels, he says, can you name the names? that I have taught Adam all of the names. And the, 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 the scholars of the Qur'an, they have said that the names mean knowledge of everything, right? The knowledge of everything. And so the angels are unable to answer and they say, Verily, our Lord, we can only respond to that which you have taught us. And yet Adam knows the knowledge of all of existence. And what we have to understand is that our very purpose on this earth as Muslims is to remember God, to worship God, and through that worship to get to know God. That, are, that is the very essence of our relationship with God on this planet. And so the question comes that what is the purpose of paradise? What is the purpose of, of, of hell in Islam? When in reality, if we worship God, it benefits him none. If we don't worship him, it, it doesn't harm him none. It doesn't decrease him any. Right? Yeah? So why do we have this concept? What is this concept related to? Right? If I am good to my parents, who does that benefit? Who does that benefit? Both hmm? Both you and your parents. Both us, right? But, but me, right? Me. Physically me. Practically me. Because if I strengthen a relationship with my parents, I am strengthening my family institution, right? Similarly, if I am good to my spouse, I am benefiting myself. How does that merit heaven? Why does that merit heaven? What is the idea here? The idea here is that we believe as Muslims that God is so merciful, that God is so merciful, He is so gracious, that He is giving us an incentive. He's giving us an incentive to behave properly so that we can have, we can make the most of this world and the most of this life and realize our true potential. And so the value that we have for the speech of God, which is the Quran to us, is that it establishes for us what is right and wrong. And it establishes for us what is good and beneficial. And it establishes for us what is bad and harmful. But the only way, the only way to unlock this key is through meditation. It is through reflection. But before we even do that, we have to be educated. We have to educate ourselves in terms of what God even wanted. And so we see that, we see that the Qur'an was revealed to us and then God asks us to reflect upon the Qur'an, right? Which is the speech of God in our credo system. So the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, he said, That take account of yourself before you are to be taken account of, right? So it mandates that we spend time, that we spend moments of reflection moments upon realizing what God's desire truly is. Because for Muslims, the Muslims, the reality does not diminish when the soul, once the soul leaves the body. Because even when we are six feet deep in the ground, we can hear the footsteps of our relatives walking away. So for us, seclusion is almost mandatory. And it is a practice that we must engage in. And the reason that we must engage in it is not simply to prepare us for the hereafter, but to prepare us for this world. And so that we can 
reorient our perception back to the orientation of God so that we can fulfill our life to the truest meanings possible. Um, so, Allah, Allah, God Most High, He says in the Quran, who remembers Allah while standing or sitting or lying on their sides and ponders over the creation and of the heavens and the earth, our Lord, you did not create this aimlessly, exalted are you. The purpose of our lives is to remember God and to know Him. The reality of the matter is that without His remembrance, we cannot succeed in our secular affairs. When we talk about religion, when we talk about spirituality, too often we, we, we're thinking about the metaphysical reality, right? The metaphysical consequences, meaning the consequences to come, right? We don't look at the consequences of this world. If we don't behave a certain way, what will happen? If we look at the world that we live in right now, the family institution is completely under fire, right? Uh, the idea of, 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 of good spouses is becoming completely lost. How to control yourself, how to control your anger, how to be merciful when you don't want to be, right? We, we have lost these keys. The Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, he said that I came only but to complete you in your character. I only came but to complete you in your character. Meaning that my sole purpose on this earth was to bring you the message so that you could complete your own character. Right? Because the message is complete. And so by, by, by de facto, if we, link our, if we link ourselves to something complete, we will then become complete as well. And so he said, he gave three advices. He said, Connect with those who disconnect from you. Forgive, to the, forgive those who oppress you. And uh, give to those who take from you, right? Give to those who take from you. Now we have to understand how can we do that? How can we do that? How possible is that? You know, and we've seen in the life of the, of the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, that his beloved uncle uh, was mutilated by a man named Wahshi and a lady named him. They literally cut him open and they took his organs out and they chewed on them. But yet, when they came to seek forgiveness, he forgave them. How? Right? Just put yourself in that moment. And I'm going to you know, request that we, we just think about this and particularize it for ourselves for the next two minutes. So just close your eyes and think about something great happening to you, some, some great loss, experiencing a great loss, and how you would channel your emotions. So for the next two minutes, Let's have some quiet time. Can I have some reflections? Does anybody mind giving me some reflections on what they thought? Raise your hands if you have any reflections to give. And if you don't raise your hands, I'm going to start pointing. <laughs> what about you? Do you have anything?
how would it feel? Do you know how you would go about doing that? <coughs> Do you feel like you have an action plan? It's hard to explain because it's more of a feeling. Um, I think I would just have to sit with it for a long time mm. Mm. because there's so many thoughts associated with it. Mm. You know, to just sit with it in silence. Mm. So, how many of us here think that um, forgiveness equals forgetting? Like, by forgetting the event, we will forgive. How many of us think that that's, that's how we handle this? None of us? I thought so for like 25 years. <laughs> Maybe I was the only one. But many times what happens is we think that, you know, when we, we if we can just black our lives out, um, and we can black the past out, somehow we will find eternal bliss. And that's not, that's not necessarily how this works. Right? Because you have to work through it and you have to you have to engage in it. Right? You can't disengage, right? Um, so we'll come we'll come back. Right? Do you have any Yeah, yeah, I do actually. I, I was thinking of the Islamic teaching of I think it's like sixty nine in one mm-hmm. that like you're supposed to forgive people. If someone does uh, something egregious against you you're supposed to forgive them sixty nine times out of seventy. And I was wondering how I could relate that to the current political scenario that's going on? Like, should I count 69 things that are terrible before I say something angry? For sure. And I'm, I'm, I'm smiling because it's, you know, this, this is it, right? This, this is where we are. Um, we are in, in so, we, so we perceive turmoil, right? We perceive turmoil. Um, and so 69 is not, it's not a real number. It's a, it's a metaphorical term, right? Meaning, Eternally, you eternally forgive, right? You keep forgiving, you keep forgiving, uh, you keep finding excuses. And so one thing is that our perception becomes so adulterated that it's hard for us to see the goodness. That's what happens, right? So we see, we see a despotic president, we see a despotic system, but we don't see the unity. We don't see the unity that it's encouraging. Even, even Trump himself, even Trump himself, I saw a video, he was looking at the, the, the Kaaba, which is in Mecca. It's a, it's a spherical-shaped object that all the Muslims in the world go and perform pilgrimage to, and they, they circumambulate it. And he said, I think this is the sea of love. He called it the sea of love, right? Because he said that this object brings together so much of humanity, so much of mankind from all over the world. It's unbelievable. So sometimes, we simply cannot perceive the reality in its entirety. And that is why we have to reflect. And that is why we have to have those moments of silence in which we engage with our inner spirituality, right? Because God tells us that this nation, which includes all of humanity, is a nation of balance, right? So we have to harmonize ourselves. We have to balance ourselves. And that is why I, I considered calling this lecture oneness, because we have to become one with the oneness of God, right? Uh, Muslims are what you would call categorically monotheistic, right? That we have no other, um, absolutely no other um, partners with God, metaphorically or on, right? Um, but however, however, we do believe that God works through humanity, that God does work through creation, and that all of creation is a manifestation of God's will and decree. So how do we engage with our realities, uh, particularly the the political realm? I will discuss here in a few minutes. Uh, Do you have any reflections to give, sir? About me? Yes, sir. Uh, um, It's kind of hard to forgive. I know all the benefits and logically I should do that, yeah. but uh, it feels like a big loss, I mean, uh, like the foundation of a lot of uh, process in my head, so yeah. I know that I should, that's, a, that's a healthy thing to do, but still. Let me ask you something, are feelings logical? Mm, sometimes, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes? Okay, we're, we're meant. No, 
Can you explain logically what love is? Is there a logical articulation to your feelings? Probably not, right? Safe to, safe to understand that probably not. It's a, it's a very emotional process. It's a very psychological process. And so if we look to logic as our answer, we're, we're always going to fail. We're always going to be doomed. Uh, we often put bandages on our pain instead of letting the oxygen in and you know letting 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 our our uh, you know joints heal uh, in in terms of this our hearts and our minds and we need to let that healing in but we have to understand what that healing is as Aristotle said that you know we have to be like archers and we have to aim at a target because if we don't do that our energy is going to be wasted right so we this world is too short the world is too short and time is running and right now I'm understanding how I can go through an hour really quickly which I never imagined before I came here so time is very short time is very limited and we have to become efficient right um, and this is what really religion tries to do this is what philosophy tries to do um, and as Muslims we believe that that's what the Quran is doing it's giving us the, the guidance so that we don't have to go by trial and error it's just giving it to us in one book and now we just have to reflect and make a connection with it. Uh, so we'll come back to this. Sir, with the beautiful shirt in the back. We'll <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I'm, I'm just enjoying what you're saying. Okay, great. At least I'm not making calls, please. <laughs> Ma'am, do you have any reflections to share? I, I didn't have any. I'm feeling very well today, so I didn't have any. <laughs> I was just quiet. Okay, great. What, what, about, what about you, sir? Um, I think on things maybe with your partner, you try to forgive because your partner, the things that annoy you always annoy you. Mm -hmm. And so trying to think of forgiveness for the things that, even though you just follow the time all the time, trying to think about forgiveness there is not always easy. Yeah, uh, generally we apply the tit for tat rule, right? Because we have this misconception that, that relationships involve give and take, right? When in reality, anybody who is successfully married uh, will tell you that it's more like give and give and give. Go to sleep, wake up, give some more, and then possibly die, wake up, give some more, right? Um, yeah. This is how things work. So how do we do that, right? If, if, if we're connected to something temporary, if our desire is something temporary, then won't our desire be temporary? we desire something temporary. Yes, sir. I personally believe uh, desire comes not so much from uh, just wanting, but uh, passion. Okay. So uh, I believe in a deep concept of uh, loving someone for the sake of source. So for the sake of what? For the sake of source. Source? Source. Uh, like source. higher power. Okay, yeah. Um, when you love somebody you, for the sake of money. You want to clap? <laughs> 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 you got her on the money, man. That's great. That's great. Uh, I'm so sorry about that. Um, but yeah, that, that's great. You want to explain a little bit more? Um, so the concept is it's so much uh, desires come and go. But if you uh, love someone, it allows you to find something that's in yourself that's capable of giving. So you can say, yeah, I'm going to do something for this person. But um, for instance, I can say, uh, I love this gentleman here, and I want him to have a good day. That makes me happy personally because I'm able to give something, and it makes me to where, um, I don't know how to explain it, but it, it makes me more capable, mm -hmm. and it makes it to where my, my wants and my wills are more achievable, so I become more powerful because I love to more. Okay, great. So, to simply put, right, if we attach ourselves, our emotions, our desires, our objectives, with anything that's temporary, right, anything that's temporary, then our goals, objectives, desires, emotions will be temporary, right? Um, and obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm basically taking into account Islamic credo theology and the Abrahamic faiths um, as I'm speaking. So I don't want anybody to get offended. Um, I'm just presenting experientially uh, what I hold dear and near to my heart um, and something that has really helped me deal with the many relationships that I have um, in a holistic and comprehensive manner. So um, 
what I want to say is, look, when we are when we are with one with the one, then we will be able to become much better human beings. And what somebody's sexual orientation is, or what somebody's skin color looks like, or what you know, what religion someone follows, it's not gonna it's not gonna have a negative impact in our lives, right? Because eternally what the what at least what Islam says uh, is that there's no compulsion in religion, right? There's no compulsion in religion. I can't force anybody to think exactly like I can. Islam game came so I can engage with the many different people that are here on earth. And you know, God says that in the Quran. He says that that I created the man and the woman and I created them and put them in different tribes so that they would get to know one another so that they would get to know one another and so the idea here is that if we're not centered on, on the oneness of God if we're not centered on God and He is not our motivation to forgive He is not our motivation to love then our forgiveness will be deficient and our love will be deficient because when we apply the tit-for-tat rule, right, what effectively is happening, I'm only helping you because you helped me, I'm only forgiving you because you forgave me, and the minute that you change your demeanor, I will change my demeanor. What that effectively means is that I am not accepting you for who you are. I am not loving you for who you are, right? My love is conditional, right? My love becomes conditional. And that's why we have to now, you know, qualify love, right? What kind of love do I have? I love you has become this catchphrase, right? That we just throw around, that we toss around, and we have no reflection over it. So, we have to reflect over the existence of our lives. We have to reflect over the existence of all of creation, and that's what God says in the Quran. He says, he says, I swear by the sun, I swear by the moon, I swear by the night, I swear by the day. And he goes on to swear by many, many creations. And he says that, verily those who have purified themselves have succeeded. Verily those who have purified themselves have succeeded. And that purification is, 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 a, is, a, is a metaphysical purification. But when we do that, when we do that metaphysical purification, it doesn't merit us heaven. It merits us heaven on this earth, and it merits us God's pleasure on this earth, and it merits God's pleasure in the next world. But the point is about this world, right? And we generally, we forget about this world. And that's why you see many people who are part of uh, religious organizations or religious orientations, they can sometimes be very diabolical, right? They can sometimes be categorically very ill uh, demeanor, right? Because their eye is not on the real prize. Their eye is not on the real prize. It's like me coming home to my wife, my beautiful wife, and saying, I love you because you cook so well, right? <laughs> I love you because when I come home, the house is clean. Is that not demeaning? Is that not demeaning? That's absolutely demeaning. Please, everybody say yes, it's absolutely demeaning, <laughs> right? And, and so when we engage with the creator of all creation, the being that says, I love you 70 times more than your mother, when we engage with him, and this is not a gender him, by the way, just, just FYI. Uh, when we engage with him, we engage in this manner, or, you know, because it's like, what do we want? Do we want heaven or do we want himself? I want God. I, I want to see God. So, again, you know, we're going to move towards reflections, but one last thing is that why do we have all of these incentives in this world? It's so that when we get to the next world and we meet God, we know Him intimately. We know Him intimately so that we know who we're talking to, that we have yearned to see all of our lives. This romantic saga will finally come to be come to fruition, and we will see our Lord and everything, all the trouble, all the worries, all the struggles will have become worth it, right? And so I pray that God allows us 
to have that centeredness on His oneness. And I ask God that He allows this congregation to be able to forgive for His name, to love for His name, and have passion for His name. And we're going to continue to a prayer. We're not actually going to pray. I'm just going to demonstrate it. Um, and I'm going to take you guys through the Arabic and the English and to see how we do that. Uh, but before that, I wanted to do about five minutes of just meditation, five minutes of this simple reflection so that we can, you know, prepare for God. And so generally the Muslims, the way they prepare for God is they do ablutions, they do lustrations, they wash themselves, they clean themselves. And in general, we are told to, you know, remember Him deeply. So we, we you know, some of us spend time in, in, in seclusion and we remember Him. So I just want us to get prepared mentally um, and just kind of, I, I'm loving this, this, this cushion, so I'm probably just going to sit right here and close my eyes for about five, five minutes and we can just reflect over God uh, or what we think God is or our own inner spiritual dimensions. And then after that, we'll go through the prayer and then we'll open up for questions and answers if you, want, if you guys will allow me. Do I have your permission? Yeah. Okay, great. Can you set a time?
time is over. So generally, uh, we face uh, northeast towards the, the Kaaba, which we call, it's a, it's a, uh, it has a word, it's a square, a cube, it's a cube, it's a cube object that Abraham uh, and his son reconstructed, um, and which is called a qibla, right? We center ourselves on the qibla. Um, I unfortunately do not know which direction that is in, in this hexagon. Um, Northeast. Okay, northeast. This way. Okay. So the way that this works, and you know, feel free to participate. Uh, I'm going to go through the entire motions of, of, of a prayer, uh, both in Arabic and English. Uh, you guys can stand up. And you guys can, you know, stand with me if you like. Uh, or I can just demonstrate by myself. Um, so the way that it would work is that I would be facing that way, but I'm going to face towards you guys, and I'm going to let you face northeast so that I can instruct properly. So the first thing that we do is we say, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, and we fold our hands. Now, Allahu Akbar means God is, God is greater. And what is he greater than? He's greater than our desires, he's greater than our emotions, he's greater than anything and everything that we hold dear and near to ourselves. Like he says in the Quran, Inna that I have bought from you yourself and everything that you hold dear and near in return for heaven. Right? So that is what we are envisioning when we are saying this. Um, then we begin with Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik Glory and praise be to you our Lord Wa tabarak asmuk Blessed is your name Wa ta'ala jadduk Exalted is your majesty Wa la ilaha ghayruk And there is no God other than you Then we say A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem That we seek refuge Physical refuge We seek refuge in you From the one who went astray Right? Meaning the devil. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. I begin in your name. Uh, I begin in the name of Allah, God, the most merciful and most gracious. And the thing we have to understand about this little copula, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, we Muslims, we're supposed to say that before we do anything. So how could we do any harm when we're saying God is the most gracious and the most merciful? Just a little tidbit. Then we go to. Uh, the opening chapter of the Quran and we say this chapter in every in every uh, in every cycle of the prayer in every cycle of the prayer um, so this is something up until now this is everywhere um, and you guys have handouts as well right okay so in in every cycle we read the opening chapter but we don't always read subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik glory praise be to you our lord we don't read that part every time. That's just in the first cycle. So we read the opening chapter, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Praise be to God, the Lord of the worlds, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, the, the most gracious and merciful, Maliki Yawm din the master of the day of judgment, Iyaka na'budu wa Iyaka nasta'een, to you alone we pray and to you alone we seek assistance. Guide us to the right path. The Sirat al Ladina and Amta Alayhim, the path of those whom you favored. And not of those that earned your displeasure and went astray. Then we can read any chapter uh, at this point, a uh, minimum of, of, of three, three, uh, three lines, right? So in my first one, I will read Inna Allah ashtara minal mu'mineen anfusahum wa amwala No, sorry, sorry Wa'dan alayhi haqqan fi al-tawrati wal-injili wal-Qur'an That this promise that I have made you of the previous ayah the, the previous verse is found in the Qur'an, the Injil, and the Torah So it's, not, it's, not, it's nothing new um, And then we say Allahu Akbar And we bow down 
and we say God is greater and we come down and then we say Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim Praise be to my Lord, my very particular Lord who is supreme and we say that three times Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim Then we say Sami'allahu liman hamida God, verily God listens to, to those who praise Him. And then we say, Allahu Akbar, and we come down and we bow our head. And in the most vulnerable position that human being can possibly be, we say, Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la, praise be to my Lord who is higher, higher than everything, higher than everything I hold dear and near. And by making Him higher than everything, I will fear and near the people that are around me will become better for me and I will become better for them. And I say that three times. Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la Then I say Allahu Akbar and I sit like this. And then I say again Allahu Akbar and I prostrate again. And then I say three times again. Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la And then I say Allahu Akbar And I come back up And now I recite the opening chapter again Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Maliki Yawmiddin Iyaka Na'budu wa Iyaka Nasta'een Ihdina Sirat Al-Mustaqeem Sirat Al-Ladheena An'amta Alayhim and then I go into the next chapter, which I can choose any which one. And so I chose Surah Ikhlas. Say that God is one and alone. Allahu Samad, eternal and absolute. Lam Yalid Yulad. He did not bear any any offspring, nor was he born. Uh, and he is not similar to anything. Nothing is similar like him. And then I say again, Allahu Akbar. And I, I, I go into this position again. And I say, Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim. That praise be to my Lord who is most supreme. Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim. Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim. Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim. Then I say, Sami'allahu liman hamida. That God, barely God, listens to those who praise Him. And then I say, Allahu Akbar. And again, come into the vulnerable position. And I say, Subhan Rabbi Al-A'la. Subhan Rabbi Al-A'la. Subhan Rabbi Al-A'la. And then I say, Allahu Akbar. And then I say, Allahu Akbar. And I say once again, Subhan Rabbi Al-A'la. Subhan Rabbi Al-A'la. Subhan Rabbi Al-A'la. Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la And then I come back up, I say Allahu Akbar And then I say At-tahiyyatu lillahi wa salawatu wa tayyibat That all greetings and salutations and all of goodness belong to God Most High So this whole process is effectively humbling us in front of God's supremacy So that we don't become egotistical in front of other people And serve our own desires and serve our own emotions and we become capable of giving rather than just simply taking and leeching off of people. And by doing this, we strengthen the bonds within one another and we strengthen all of humanity this way. Then we say, Assalamu alayka ayyuhan nabi, that peace be upon you, the messenger Muhammad, ayyuhan nabi, uh, the messenger. And when we say the messenger, we mean Muhammad. Peace and blessings be upon him. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, that the blessings and mercy be upon you. Uh, assalamu alayna wa ala ibadillahi salihin Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Allahumma salli ala muhammad wa ala ali muhammad so we say that the, the blessing uh, Allahumma salli ala muhammad the mercy that you gave to Ibrahim and his family we ask that you give that to muhammad and his family Allahumma salli ala muhammad wa ala ali muhammad kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim innaka hamidun majid Allahumma barik ala Muhammad. Did I say mercy or blessings? Mercy. So the first one is mercy, the second one is blessings. Allahumma barik ala Muhammad. We ask that, O oh Allah, you, 
O God, you give the blessings upon Muhammad and his family like you gave upon Ibrahim and his family. And then we say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. There are some scholars that say we are talking to the angels, but the scholars I follow, they say you are, you are giving greetings and blessings to the person on your right and to the person on your left. So this is the entirety of the prayer. It is literally, if you, if you focus on the meanings, it is literally humbling you in front of God. And by doing so, see, in uh, Islamic metaphysics, we don't think that there are three souls, but we, we have divided it into three parts. We have the, the intelligence, we have the desire, the cardinal desires, and we have the emotions. And so we believe the intellect has to govern the desires and the emotions. If not, then our desires will govern us. Our emotions will govern us. So when we say somebody has a short fuse, what we're saying is they are a slave to their emotions rather than to God. And when we say somebody is an addict, what we are saying is that they are a slave to their, to their, to their desire rather than to the slave of God. And so we say that the intellect is purified and established through the Qur'an because the terms good and bad are effectively relevant, relative terms. It's, it's difficult to define them. And so all of philosophy, all of religion has been effectively trying to define these terms for us so that we can become a better nation, better community. Um, that last part was a little too deep, I'm sorry, but it, I felt that it was very important because that's how you understand the true meaning of this prayer, that we become subservient to our Lord and therefore become better human beings. Thank you. So, any questions? You know, questions. Uh, I'm open to reflections. Um, yeah. My comment was on um, we were you were asking earlier. You know, uh, whenever if you forgive someone, will you forget? In my personal what happens is that if if you forgive someone, then you don't have that feeling that controls you. Yeah. That, that emotion that continues to be reignited every yeah. time you think about someone doing you wrong or mm -hmm. someone misunderstanding you or a completely different point of reference for someone that they don't understand or they haven't given you the opportunity to express yourself or to find out whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's why we say like whenever we forgive someone, we forget because that no longer holds mm -hmm. our energy. So through forgiveness we forget, but not through forgetting do we forgive. That's that's the, the point I was trying to highlight, and I think you said it very beautifully. And I think also something that I've learned, um, and it helped me a lot. I, I ride my bike everywhere. And, that's great. And I, but I, re I learned how to ride my bike in Milan, which is chaotic. Mm -hmm. So when people ride their bikes here, they're accustomed to their surroundings. Mm -hmm. So they base the way I ride my bike on the way they would ride their bike, right? So if I go in between their cars, I'm like, ah. So I think what happens is that most of us make comments and look at others only based on our own point of reference. And we're so limited. And we can be so insulted by that. Someone was like, oh, you must not care about your life. Or, you don't wear a helmet. <clears throat> it's a personal choice. And I didn't learn where you learned, and I didn't ride where you ride. And the years of experience that I have do not accumulate to what one person says just because they see. So when we understand where the point of reference from the person that speaks to us is, how are we going to get upset when someone doesn't know yeah. anything Absolutely. about what we're saying? Absolutely. So we have to take it from the point of reference that it's coming. And I love what you said about, it doesn't mean that it doesn't affect you because we're still humans and we still have emotions and feelings and desires. But like you said, we let it breathe. We allow that, but how, we, how, how long we allow that to continue to take presence in ourselves is what makes the complete difference between we're gonna be focusing on the negative or we're gonna be focusing on the positive. Yeah. And that's what we're going to bring in. And I think it ties on to what you said. It's not that you're going to do something because someone's going to be kind to you or because someone does thoughtful things, but because that's the energy that you want to generate. 
And the only way to generate positive energy is to give positive energy. And that's the only way that I think you continue in that momentum and the reflection that we're just taking is the time to understand are we in balance with our desires? Because people say, oh, love is pain, but it's the attachment, mm -hmm. not the love. Mm -hmm. The love is helpful, right? Mm -hmm. So that's my Absolutely, thank you so much for sharing. I have a little tidbit, but I wanna hear what, what are you sure? Okay. Um, so there's, um, based on what you're saying, like there's a little tidbit that I've come to understand after years of study, is that um, generally when we love, we love the way we want to be loved, right? Uh, there's three ways to love, you know. Uh, there's three physical expressions of love. One is by sight, one is by touch, and one is by hearing. And so if I like to hear I love you a lot, I generally will say I love you a lot, right? And if I like receiving gifts, I will generally give gifts. And if I like being touched a lot, I will generally touch a lot. And we rarely try to understand what kind of expression of love the person we're engaged in would like to receive. And that goes beyond you know, these three parameters. What kind of friend do you want to be? Do you want to be that kind of friend that, um, that wants to just be there when you want to have fun? There's plenty of people like that too. But then you can't be that type of friend. You can expect that, but you can't be that. You can't offer that. You can't offer what you want. You have to offer what the person needs. And so that requires a lot of reflection, a lot of meditation, and a lot of understanding. So that's just to kind of uh, take it in that direction. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Uh, coming off of a conversation, how do you bridge the gap between uh, understanding someone else's perspective of how they desire to receive love and bring it to yours to make it uh, more translatable? That, 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 that's a good question, but that's if you are serving your desire. See, you loving is not for you. It's for the other person. You're loving the other person for the other person. And so in an ideal world, the other person would love you for you, right? Um, unfortunately, we don't live in that type of reality, and that's where God comes into the picture. So if you, I mean, it, it, in, in Islam, I don't want to be insensitive, I'm so sorry if uh, people have other, other orientations, but in Islam, that's where the idea of God comes in. Because if you're, if you're loving, my contract is not with my spouse, my contract is with God. So no matter how my wife is behaving, not, you know, I don't want to call her out, but she's, she's a wonderful spouse, but you know, I, I, I get upset her, at her all the time. So what she has to do is in order to cool the, the conversation, she has to reflect back to her contract with God, right? That she's getting her blessings from God, not from me. So just because I've lost my cool, which I really shouldn't, doesn't mean she should lose her cool too, right? And vice versa. If she does something that I don't like, doesn't mean that I should get angry with her. Doesn't mean that I should stop doing the good things that I do for her, just because she's not doing the good things that I want. For example, um, let's say that I like, I have a certain favorite food. She never learned it, not her, but I'm just saying in, in general. Let's say our spouse never learned our favorite food, never learned our favorite color, but they do other things. Right? They do other things of endearment, um, which they are more capable of doing. Generally, what we're doing is we're looking at our lover the way that we love, right? When they're a whole different human being. So um, I, I know this is getting like really uh, kind of murky, but the point is that your, your, your duty in being in a relationship is simply to love, not to assess other people's love, if that makes sense. Yes, I want to make sure I'm understanding yeah. correctly, however, uh, what you're saying is, is I can't judge someone based off of exactly what I want to yeah. say that they love me. Yeah, absolutely. And their love is going to only come from the actions that they believe they're putting out to express that. Absolutely. And I'll give you an example that's uh, relative, but I mean, it's, it's not quite there, but it's, it's what's coming to mind. Imagine me being a poet and my wife being an artist, right, a painter. And I write a poem for her, and she draws a painting for me, right? And the reason it's not quite there is because they're both art, right? But let's say she does other things, you know? Uh, she, she's a really good mother to my children, right? Or my mother really, you know, she, she, she brought me up. Who cares if she doesn't know what's, what's my favorite color or what my favorite food is, 
right? But at the end of the day, she bore me for nine months in her stomach. Uh, she went through labor pains, uh, and she would do anything for me. She just doesn't understand me that well. That's okay. We're human beings. Nobody's perfect. So we can't demand perfection. If that that helps a little bit more. You had your hand up. Uh, I was going to ask. See, love is unconditional. We put the conditions there. When we say love, right, it, it, it intrinsically means selfless. So selfless means beyond you, right? And we've made it all about us. And that's where the issue arises. So we're, we're over time. I'm here if anybody has any more questions. Um, but everybody, I don't want to hold anybody back, so please, we'll, we'll end the session here. Um, uh, it was such a privilege and honor to be here today, um, serving as a conduit of love, unity, and peace. Uh, this is the first time I've done anything like this ever in my life, so it was a very amazing experience for me. Um, I hope that, you know, you share in that expression as well. Oh, we I hope you guys will visit me in Mercy Islamic Center in Baytown. It is the only mosque in Baytown, so if you write Masjid in Baytown, it will take you there. <laughs> it's called. Did you ever come to the mosque here downtown? Uh, it's so far away. It's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's so beautiful. I actually had my graduation ceremony there when I memorized the Quran way back when. Yeah, it's beautiful. Everybody's welcome in the mosque. The only thing you have to do is just cover your hair. If you can, if you can, but they it's, have, it's not mandatory. They have not all of them don't. The one downtown. Yeah. yeah. And beautiful. Yeah. I mean, the, the dress in general is, is conservative. That's what's you know, desired and required. But for people who